It's the California Wine Country Podcast with Steve Jackson and Dan Berger. We taste, we laugh, we learn. It is time for California Wine Country on this Wednesday, brought to you by Bottle Barn. Tom Simino's back today, and he's brought with him Eric Johansson, a winemaker for La Crema Winery, one of my all-time favorites, celebrating their 40th anniversary. Eric, welcome back, man. Good to see you. Hey, thanks. Great to be here. You jump right up on that mic. All right, we'll you do. Can, you can pull the stand down a bit there. There you go. Uh, 40 years. Started in 1979. And let's get into a little of the history here of La Crema. Yeah, you bet. Um, Like you said, we were founded in 1979 by a fellow named Rod Berglund who ended up uh, moving on um, and and is now at at Joseph Swan and has been for quite some time. Um, But, you know, over the years, um, really the focus was on cool climate, Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. And and that's sort of what we hung our hat on for for a number of years, um, you know, as as a brand La Crema, and um, as the years went by, um, you know, a couple of different ownership changes, and and Jackson Family Wines picked up the the winery in in 1996. Right. And um, and we've we've owned it ever ever since, and sort of expanded our footprint from Sonoma County um, to down south to Monterey and um, up to Anderson Valley and all the way up to, to Willamette. And your history as a, a winemaker and a, a man who uh, has been in the wine business for quite a while, I mean, give us your history. Yeah, you bet. I mean, I've been making wine for, um, I guess, I think it's my 25th vintage coming up. Um, and for the last 18 years of those, I've been with La Crema, so sort of grown along with with La Crema, um, spent a little time prior to that jumping around, you know, as you do, um, different internships and 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 uh, different wineries, getting my feet wet, and but ultimately found a real home at, at La Crema. So I mean, that's really been the bulk of my career, um, you know, and and like I said, grown up with the brand, um, grown up with the winery, and and really have uh, it's it's been a thrill working with with La Crema for so long. Well, they've been always, as I've mentioned, they've always been favorites of mine, especially the La Crema Shard. Uh, uh, Tom, your thoughts on La Crema? Well, I made sure that Eric brought a Chardonnay tonight, too, along with his Sauv Blanc and Thank you. Pinot. Because <laughs> I, 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 I think there's somebody sitting around this table that enjoys a good Chardonnay every now and again. <laughs> it's the only <laughs> way you got through the door. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He's strong-armed, Eric. Uh, what do you get in that box? Yeah, <laughs> our security staff is out in front going. You got a little Chardonnay with you? All right, Don't you have that Chardonnay Geiger counter thing? Oh, he's okay. Come on in. But La Crema, I mean, iconic name. Yeah. Well, wasn't wasn't it La Crema de la something or other? So La the, Crema Vignera was the name. La Crema Vignera, Vignera. Yeah. cream of the vine. Yeah. yeah, and it was Petaluma, right? Weren't they? Didn't they start? They were Petaluma? in Petaluma and. Uh, Rod Berglund hired a bunch of guys, including Dan Goldfield, who was making their wine for a little bit. And then Dan made the Pinot Noirs at Hartford for a while. Hartford, yeah, that's right. Hartford Court. I didn't realize Rod Berglund started La Crema. Yeah, way that's back. Way back when. Yeah. Way back, yeah. The original yeah. founder was actually a guy by the name of Jason Corman. Nobody remembers that. <laughs> well, Dan does. <laughs> Dan remembers almost everything. This is true, man. God bless him. <laughs> almost man. to a fault. Smoke. 
And he remembered to bring in uh, one of his cellar wines, which we kick off the show with every week. This is from 2006, uh, uh, Sauvignon Blanc. It's delicious. Yeah, it's delicious wine. This is really great. Uh, this was uh, made by uh, John Emmerich, uh, the winemaker. He's still a winemaker there. A uh, fabulous uh, property called Silverado. Miller. Silverado Vineyards. They're in uh, uh, Stag's Leap area of, uh, of Napa Valley. And, and the interesting thing is that this is their... Uh, own vineyard. The Miller is it's owned by the family. This was the original. Uh, the founders of this property <clears throat> were uh, Diane Disney Miller and her husband Ron Miller. Uh, uh, they were connect, connected, of course, to the Disney family. And uh, so this uh, property is still in that ownership. Um, they're still making fabulous wines. Their Cabernets are great. Their Merlots are great. Everything that John does is, is actual, uh, excellent. This one is a 2006 Sauvignon Blanc, and uh, it's in great shape. And uh, as you know, I'm a big fan of aged Sauvignon Blanc. I think that's a really special variety when it gets some age on it. But we have a young one today, and it's, very young. It's from La Crema. Yeah, we're gonna, this is going to be the first of my 2021s that I've tasted. So I can't wait. Can you uh, unscrew that little beauty? Yeah, it's, it is under screw cap, yeah. as you noted. Um, and this wine, um, it's a relatively new thing for us. You know, as I said, we're, we're kind of known as being Pinot Noir and Chardonnay producers, but this is our third vintage of, of making this Sonoma County Sauvignon Blanc. Little for Jackson there. Yeah, when I think kind of when I think of uh, La Crema, I, I really think Chardonnay for myself. I think uh, yeah, I, I do too. You, you hung your hat on Chardonnay, oh, for sure. and obviously your Russian River, so Pinot Noir is right there with it. And fabulous, uh, both both varieties have been fabulous. And the Chardonnay that I, along with the Kendall Jackson uh, Chardonnay, um, are very well priced. So you know when you think about your your standard Sonoma County Chardonnay. Yeah, it's Numb Coast, and I've got yeah. that in the bag as well. Okay, that I mean to me, that's that's like affordable. You can have it every night if you want it. You know, it's almost like the Vintners Reserve from KJ, and you're obviously a KJ property. Um, so I, I, I just think that's what I think of when I think La Crema. I see a bottle of Chardonnay in my mind's eye. Oh, yeah, sure. And I think a lot of people kind of identify us as as being, you know, a, I guess a hallmark of of, uh, of Chardonnay. This yep. is an absolutely stunning wine. Beautiful nose. It's got, it's got a lot of Russian River Valley into the nose here. I mean, that's I'm, I'm picking up my Russian River and the aromatics, but uh, there's obviously other things going on here. Is there some Bennett Valley fruit in here as well? There's there's a tiny bit of you got a great nose, Dan. Um, there's a little bit of, of Bennett Valley. Yeah, there's only maybe yeah five percent I think, but predominantly coming from Dry Creek, uh, Alexander Valley, and um, and Knights Valley, um, with a little bit of Russian River. And, and a little bit of Bennett Valley. And this is a 21? There's a 2021. Yeah, this is our brand new release. Let's talk about making this one. Um, so it's it's been kind of a blast. It's a it's a fundamentally different thing than than making Chardonnay. Um, you know, so we're doing this primarily in stainless steel. We do a, a bit of barrel fermentation. You know, that's that's sort of one of our our uh, the keys to our style with our Chardonnay. So there's we borrow a little bit of that. We we um, we use exclusively neutral used barrels. oak. So yeah, there's so. there's really no impact mm. of, of oak of flavor, oak but it just kind of rounds out some of the edges of Sauvignon Blanc. Takes away. You what, know, what really is dramatic for me is that there are two competing flavor profiles in in Sauvignon Blanc. One of which is called thiols, which are not fruity, 
and then there's the esters that are fruitier. And this has got both. This has got both esters of, of florals, and then it's got the thiols in it. It's fabulous. Yeah, it's so yeah. When you say in the nose you, you get Russian River, what exactly do you mean by that? There's a little spice component that comes out of Russian River Valley Sauvignon Blanc fruit, and there's not an awful lot of Sauvignon Blanc left in Russian River because it's too valuable to put an inexpensive variety into the soil. Or you put Pinot and you make more money. But anybody who's got Sauvignon Blanc in Russian River gets this spice component, which you, you don't get it very many other places. And here, it's pretty evident. <clears throat> How long would Dan lay it down, Burger lay this down? I'll tell you. Honestly, this stuff is so tasty. I would buy a case and just drink it. It's delicious. (laughs) It's really good stuff. It's really something. Mark this date on the calendar. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Dan, don't lay it down. Burger. (laughs) Drink a case. Party at Dan's house tonight. (laughs) Eric, you're going to go down in history. (laughs) Well, this 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 really is a lovely wine, Eric. Gorgeous. Oh, thanks. I've only been doing the the nose because I wanted to hear what Dan's response is. But I'll take a taste now while somebody else comments. (laughs) Well, yeah, just a. I'm sorry. It's got that little bit of peach too, and almost tangerine kind of thing going on. Well, so this is kind of the cool thing about I think our approach to to making Sauvignon Blanc is we're we're really looking at um, a spectrum of different ripenesses. Um, You know, there there seems to be like some really discrete um, sort of phases in the ripening process with Sauvignon Blanc. So. In the beginning, it's it's really herbaceous and, and grassy, almost to the point of vegetal if it's, if it's picked too early. And then there's kind of that sweet spot, like that that thiol phase, the the passion fruit guava, which I really love, and and I think we really try to focus our our style on. And then, you know, if you get a bit riper, you get into that more like ripe tropical and and peach. So we're we're trying to borrow from from all those little different phases, but but really focusing on what that. What I really love about tropical. this wine is that it, it is the style of Sauvignon Blanc that cool climate Sonoma County can make. And the New Zealanders are so cool they can't do this. They couldn't do this if they tried. We couldn't do their style if we right. tried. Right. And it's a nice to have the contrasts. This is fabulous. I love it. Yeah, both of you guys mentioned the peach, and that's definitely what I got out of this. It's yeah, a nice, too. flavorful peach tone. This is a beautiful sipper. I mean, a piece of halibut tonight. And the real secret to to why this wine is so much more appealing in some ways, Tom just put his finger on it, put it with food, because in some cases the New Zealand style is too sweet for food, in some cases. In this wine, you've got both the best of both worlds. You've got the richness of the fruit, and then you've got dry finish. Really nice and dry finish. So, Dan, if I were to decant this tonight for an hour or two, what kind of changes would I I would taste. not decant it much more than 20 minutes because really? okay. well I think because it's in screw cap you definitely want to have some air but beyond 20 minutes you're risking loss of fruit and to it's, me this is what this fruit is what it's all about it's got that nice little bitterness on the finish when you said dry you're absolutely right yeah. it's bone dry there really really uh well-made price. What's the price on this guy? Um, this is this goes for about twenty-five dollars yep. retail price. That's going to be that's, that's a steal. Be, uh, it's a good good value, and I think uh, also it, it really typical of Sonoma County Sauvignon Blanc. And there's there are several other producers who are making them as well that are this good. Their prices typically are a little higher, so this is good value stuff. And a lot of times, some of some of the Chardonnay uh, Chardonnays, some of the uh, Sauvignon Blancs that are coming out taste like Chardonnay. 
because they go they pick them later and and they get that different flavor to it and i agree and i've noticed that yeah and over all, the years uh and and this one is sauvignon blanc it, it is. should be it is you know and i think i'm i'm the dry creek fruit too i'm a major dry creek sauvignon blanc guy and uh this i can taste that in this wine as well uh that's what i'm looking for if i want you know a fat clumsy uh sauvignon blanc i'll forget the sauvignon blanc give me a chardonnay you know a nice rich full flavored chardonnay uh, but when people try to make you know a chardonnay out of a sauvignon blanc i think it's because they can't grow it right and they end up with it if you're in a state winery or something so there's some sauvignon blanc out there that i kind of turn my nose to but this one is right there man this is good thanks yeah i think if you if you push the ripeness too far you know you end up losing all that great varietal character yeah exactly Beautiful. The uh, secret to, to so what John did or what uh, uh, Eric, Eric did here was to uh, put together f- a flavor profile that worked so harm- harmoniously with the Im- the impact of the fruit on the tongue. So you've got a, what you smell is what you get in the mouth, and that's 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 a trick. Yeah, winemakers have to know this, otherwise they're not making the they're not doing a favor for the growers. And it's a Sau- uh, Sauvignon Blanc is a great variety that you can manipulate in the vineyard. You know, pulling leaves when you pick it, all, like you were saying, you pick some a little later, then you got a sweet spot, pick some early, you got vegetal, yada, yada, yada. So Sauvignon Blanc is, is kind of a grower's uh, dream because you can, what do you want as a winery? And you got a, a relationship with your grower, you could say to him, well, leave more fruit on and we'll pick it a little later or take more fruit off and we'll pick it a little earlier. That kind of a thing. Yeah, we work a lot with our, our growers on, on those those very things. You know, to what extent are we going to leaf? How much fruit uh, or how much light do we want in on the fruit? And, um, you know, that's all, all going to change the, the, the flavor profile. Um, so it is, it's it's really working with those individual growers to, to make sure that we're, we're getting what we want. You know, for that particular site. It's exactly. Come, uh, it's California Wine Country with Tom Simino today. Dan Berger, of course, is here. And our guest is Eric uh, Johansson. You don't say Johansson, do you? Oh, Johansson works. Yeah. I think we went through this last time. We <laughs> yeah, were we in. did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he is a winemaker for La Crema Winery, and it is lacrema.com. Check out everything they're up to, and again, celebrating 40 years. Uh, you know, I'm looking at the website, lacrema.com. It, uh, it says, La Crema began at a time during which few wineries in California were making Pinot Noir, and even fewer were doing so with a single vineyard focus. Now talk about that a bit. And this is, we're talking 1979. Yeah, sure. I mean, this is before my time as a winemaker, obviously, sure. but... Uh, but yeah, I think uh, Pinot Noir was just started, sort of starting to get discovered. Um, you know, it was it was being dabbled with, but it wasn't it wasn't the predominant uh, variety on the scene at the time. But a few people, you know, like like Rod, were were playing around with it. Were were looking at the the influence of sight on on the wines wine style, the the wines that would be made off of it, and you know, we're really learning to to find the right places that worked with Pinot Noir um, because it is finicky as a variety and it um, you know it it um, it really you know it, it takes some care in in figuring out where where it's going to do best and that's kind of the silver lining of phylloxera was everybody had to replant and what they did is they reevaluated the orientation toward the sun which place 
you know, it used to be if you were in a state winery, you grew it all right around the winery. Whether it was, you know, your Napa Valley, you'd grow Pinot, didn't matter, Chenin Blanc, Chardonnay, whatever, Riesling right there at the winery. And then Phylloxera hit and everybody's pulling it. And then all of a sudden we got new clones coming in, new rootstocks. Oh, and we're talking about soil types and then again, trellising. I mean, it really, you know, 1989, 90, 90, all through 95 and into, into early 2000s when people replanted this whole this whole county and, and this whole North Coast was replanted during that period. And it's it's the Renaissance. And and then when Sideways hit, boom, Pinot, goodbye, hello, 65 bucks, ah, 75, 85, 95 per bottle. It just went crazy. That damn movie. I know, man. You know, it has done a lot of weird stuff <laughs> uh, to the wine world, especially here in the North Bay and the North Coast and yeah. our, our wine country. It, har- it, it harms some Mer- Merlot producers. Exactly. Uh, it did clean out. Cleaned the, out the, the, the bad Merlots went away. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. That's right. Which was okay, but it's, it it's was so, okay. still hard to believe. And I watched the movie again during the pandemic at some point, and it's just hard for me to believe that one Hollywood movie like that. Well, it's a terrible movie. The guy's cheating on his wife and all this stuff. Come on. <laughs> well, man. From I mean, everybody's mother. going like, this could be That's why movie I watched the- it again. I think it's a fine movie, but uh, the whole the, 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 the fact that it had such a major effect on Merlot and Pinot and everything, this little Hollywood movie, it's, it blows That's me away. the power right. of a movie. California Wine Country brought to you by Bottle Barn. Tom Simino's in for his monthly visit. Dan Berger, of course, is here. And our guest is Eric uh, Johansson, winemaker for La Crema, celebrating 40 years. And as I said, when I started uh, first drinking white wines, for the most part, uh, I don't know, 10 years ago or so, uh, La Crema Chard, was the first one I had, and I fell in love with it, and I've been drinking it uh, for at least 10 years. And we got to talk about this new one. Yeah, it's a, a few, 2020. You and a few hundred million other people drinking yeah. La Crema. Oh, but, man, so, it's so good. Yeah, this, so well, tell this is, us about this. Yeah, this is our most popular wine. This is our flagship Sonoma Coast Chardonnay. It's our new, uh, oh, new vintage that came out about a month ago, the 2020 vintage. Um, really like how this is showing. There's some nice, you know, crisp fruit to it um but but um you know in our style of of winemaking it's all barrel fermented or well about 90 percent of it's barrel fermented so you get that nice nice creamy quality um but the you know the fruit sourcing is from those cool areas we were talking about with the pinot noir where you retain that juicy acidity the the nice green pear and um and also a little bit of spice just on the fruit the aroma aroma Aromatics. Thank you. The aromatics are amazing, and uh, mouthfeel. The mouthfeel is incredible, and the finish just makes me very hungry. Yeah, and the judicious use of oak. It's not. Well, that's. I mean, it's really really perfectly balanced. If there were too much oak here, you would you would be leaning on the timber, and here you're getting fruit, 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 and then there's a little trace of that oak in the in the finish. And by the way, Dan, leaning on the timber. Yes. One of my favorite bands playing tomorrow night at Hot Monk in Sebastopol. <laughs> you, you got me every time. <laughs> I get I do that every Wednesday because he just loves that, and, and I love doing it. Now, Harry? Uh, delicious. And, uh, again, the, the warmth that this wine brings to the mouth, that, that comfort level is, is fantastic. That's why the most popular white wine in America is Chardonnay. Yeah. 
this is a you're the reason man <laughs> <laughs> well this so this is the the most popular chardonnay above 15 dollars in the country well it, and it has really? been for a number of years wow so I did we're, not we're know pretty that. proud of that. So that's cool. And you can also find it very often in uh, by the glass situations in restaurants, and that's really a yes. benefit because when you just want to have a beginning taste of Chardonnay before you're going on to the heavyweight reds, this is a fabulous uh, experience. But this 2020, oh my God, yeah, it's I, terrific! I walked back in the studio, and all uh, four people in the studio said, "Oh, Steve." This is your kind of wine. You're going to love this, and boy, do I. Well, yeah. let me ask you a question uh, because I think it's a necessarily uh, part of the inside the industry stuff, but I think it's important for the consumer. How difficult was it working through 18, 19, 20, 21? Did, did, did you find any difficulty in making this wine? Um, you know, I think you know, we had some some tough spots with, with the fires, but generally... Uh, uh, you know, across the board, most of our vineyards were, were spared from that. We had a couple where we had to declassify them or, or, or sell off, but it was, it was, you know, the vast majority was, was unscathed by the fires in 2020. All right, we're short on time. Tom, talk about this. So pin. we're going to go we're right into go to the, a Pinot. The Pinot, the 2019 <clears throat> Sonoma Coast Pinot. Beautiful wine. And I noticed the, uh, the corks you're using are the DMs. So you'll never get a corked corked wine with a, a La Crema. Yeah, that's um, we we moved to that several years ago, and, and we're we've been really pleased with the results of, of using the the um, yeah the, the those world, corks that the, where all the any any trace of, of TCA or, or cork taint is removed is in the process, and and it's also a, a much better seal because it's more consistent. Yeah, and this look at the color of this beautiful beautiful it, color. Isn't Absolutely. that something? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I really like this. is the 2019 vintage of our Sonoma Coast Pinot Noir. Mm. And, um, yeah, I'm really liking how this is showing. Big cherry fruit. And that's Sonoma Coast as well? Mouth-watering. Right. Feel, right. feel it around around the uh, back of your palate. That is, uh, that's delicious. Ooh. Dark cherry, very rich. Dan, quickly, thoughts on it's this Pinot? rich. It's big. But it's not clumsy in any shape. It is simply balanced, so you can pour it with, uh, I would say, end cut prime rib. Uh -huh. Yeah, this is a big wine. You could have it with beef. Well, you could no have question. it with with a steak, but I would prefer the rare mid steak of of prime rib with the end cut giving you additional flavor profile, so you have a little bit of both for the wine. The wow. end cut. Ooh, not just prime rib. Yeah, I mean that's as, as specific <laughs> you've got just, on a meat. I, I'm like, I'm, I'm seeing them slice me. That's the piece I want right there. It's LaCrema.com celebrating 40 years. Eric Johansson, winemaker at La Crema Winery, LaCrema.com. Eric, good to see you again. It's been a while. Thanks for coming in, buddy. Hey, great to be here. Thanks. All right, and Tom Simino, always. Yep.